the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. We don't need no education. We don't need no thought control. Welcome to Education Nation, where we tackle the biggest issues in American education. School is now in session. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. Well, good evening, and thank you so much for joining us here on Education Nation. I'm your headmaster and host, Rebecca Hagstrom, and it's a privilege to join you every Saturday evening here on AM 1280, The Patriot. And I'm joined in studio once again, of course, with Mark Durkin. He is the producer of Education Nation and my co-host. And another chilly Saturday yes. evening to you Yes, here, we've finally Rebecca. gotten the real uh, January temperatures. <laughs> right. Yes, I was wondering when they were going to come, right? I know, <laughs> I know it. Well, if you have listened to Education Nation uh, much over the last few months, you're aware that we've spent much time uncovering the growing racial equity movement across schools in the Twin Cities. Last summer, the Cruz-Guzman ruling in Minnesota's Supreme Court brings the state one step closer to a sweeping plan to sort metro area students, including those in suburban districts and charter schools, on the basis of skin color. Supporters of this ruling believe racial balancing will improve minority performance in public schools across the Twin Cities. And inside the classroom, we spent several weeks last year uncovering the Edina Public School District's complete change in educational philosophy. And the district's all-for-all plan charges that white racism is the primary cause for their district's achievement gap between black and white students. Well, tonight, our guests in studio will help shed some light on another racial equity policy that seeks to close the achievement gap, but instead is curbing ambition and stifling motivation to succeed in the classroom. We're talking about a departure from letter-based grading in exchange for equity standard-based grading. Right. And our guests tonight are going to be the first to tell us that we can all agree that each and every student across Minnesota is deserving of a quality education that prepares them to succeed. However, they'll also tell you that a shift to standard-based grading has left parents in the dark in terms of how well their kids are performing in the classroom. Sandy McLean and Michelle Pribula are parents of several students in the Wyzetta Public School District. They're here tonight and next week to discuss the perplexing journey they have been on, trying to find out if the district as a whole is embracing this obscure grading system. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us in studio here tonight. Thank you so much for having us. Yes. Well, Sandy, we're just going to jump right in. Um, once again, I just really want to emphasize, even before we get started, that the two of you are are believers in education for all. You want all kids to do the very best they can and be given every opportunity, regardless of skin color, regardless of cultural background, regardless of language issues, whatever the case may be. And um, I know that that's, a, that's on your heart. And so we want to make that clear to our listening audience before we even get started. 
But when you were introduced mm. to the concept of, or when were you introduced, I should say, to the concept of standards-based grading, and can you briefly explain for our listeners how those standard-based gradings um, differ from traditional letter grading? Sure. Um, first of all, Michelle and I do want to thank our Wazetta teachers for the amazing job that they do. Uh, mm-hmm. We really appreciate their hard work, and we know that our students do as well. So mm-hmm. we just want to put that out there. Yeah, yeah. This isn't about the teachers, is right. it? Right. No, yeah, not at all. to note. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was introduced to standards-based grading when my son was in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, he attended a wonderful parochial school, grades K through five. And they had just used this, I don't even know what you call the grading system, but it was just kind of an S, you know, E for exceeds, mm-hmm. S for satisfactory system. Mm-hmm. And that was fine. Mm-hmm. For lower school. For lower mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. And then when he was in fourth grade, they rolled out standards-based grading. Hmm. And prior to that, he would come home every day on Thursday. We'd go through his folder. Mm-hmm. We would go through all of his homework, his test scores. He's always really happy to show me how well he did. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just a fun day for him. And he, I felt like he was really motivated at school. Mm-hmm. And once they switched to standards-based grading in fourth grade, mm-hmm. he came home from school and he didn't understand the grading system at all. Hmm. And he would take a test with 25 points on it and get two wrong and get a three, and the student sitting next to him would have 10 wrong and get a three. Hmm. So he really didn't yes. understand why that was occurring. Right. And again, this is at the private parochial school, yes. not the Wyzetta School District. Yes. This is when you first got introduced to standard-based grading. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this kind of continued on, and he just lost motivation. He didn't really right. care anymore. He felt like, why should I try so hard if I'm you know, getting the same grade as someone who doesn't right. do as well as myself? Right. Um, so that was my first initial uh, introduction to standards-based mm-hmm. grading. Just out of curiosity, I don't mean to tr- take you off track. Yeah. Did you ever ask the teacher, why did the child who got 10 wrong have a three and my child who got two wrong have a three? Um, they don't want students competing with one another. Okay. Um, basically, she said it's it's individualized. I see. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we um, he left the parochial school and he started at Wyzetta West Middle School when he was in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And I was very excited to have him there. My daughter had switched over to that school, has had a wonderful experience all mm-hmm. through her education in Wyzetta and is mm-hmm. a senior now going on to college. Okay. So I was really excited for him to have that same experience. Um, Unfortunately, curriculum night sixth grade, we found out at the tail end of the meeting that the middle schools were switching to standards-based grading (laughs) in my heart. Oh, no, I just just left that. Yes, we just left that. Um, And so... I just, my heart sunk, honestly. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of started our journey with standards-based grading in the middle schools. But let me just kind of explain what, what standards-based grading yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know that the traditional A through F grading system mm-hmm. is based on percentages of 90, 80, 70, 60, 50. Mm-hmm. The standards-based grading system is based on a scale of one to four, but it has nothing to do with A, B, C, or D, or F. Hmm. If you get a one, it's a attempting expectations. A two is approaching expectations. A three is meeting expectations. And a four is exceeding expectations. The four is very inconsistent. Um, unlike the traditional grading system and an A plus being an attainable grade, mm-hmm. um, if you get in order to get a four, you have to work above and beyond what you're doing in school. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you have to do extra work mm-hmm. or you have to work ahead a grade ahead in order to get a four. So it's hmm. very inconsistent. They're not handed out very often. and um, hmm. Which means this concern, I mean, obviously this is middle school, but if mm-hmm. this were a college transcript, you'd have concerns for what the colleges are seeing in that. In Correct. The fact that they would be at threes mainly how instead of a four. Yes, right. How they yeah. interpret how it. Yes, how they interpret that. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to the grading scale being so different, um, they don't count homework towards the grade anymore. Um, they feel that counting um, homework 
for points and grades as punitive. They look at it as a practice. They want the students to just practice on their homework so it really doesn't necessarily go towards a grade. Of course, what happens then is that you've got a lot of kids who don't want to do their homework then. What would be the point, right? Correct. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, so it does take it has taken the motivation out they for are, the students on that. Yeah, yeah. They're children. They're not adults that are self always self-motivated. Some I suppose right. are, but yep. vast majority. Um, yeah. Another component of this as well is that the students can retake tests. So there's reassessment available to students. So if they don't do so well on a test, they can come in and retake that test until they feel like they've gotten where they need to be. Until So so there's really no limit to how many times they can retake the test. That's a good question, Rebecca. I'm not really sure. Yeah, uh, My okay. son hasn't really done that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I know that students sure. have taken it at least once. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Okay. Well, Michelle, uh, after your students started the sixth grade, unfavorable standard-based grading changes appeared in the classroom, as um, Sandy was just discussing. Mm -hmm. However, the grades that he was receiving did not accurately reflect the success he was having in his schoolwork. Can you share with us how and when you started noticing that difference? Yeah. And first of all, I'd like to say um, I also have a daughter that went through the Wyzetta School District um, school system and was uh, on a roll or honor student, National uh-huh. Honor Society student, uh-huh. and she is seven years older than Jonathan. Okay. Um, and so um, Jonathan had often heard Rachel talk about grading because mm-hmm. um, him being younger, and when he was in the uh, grade school, you know, he was really wanting to get beyond the P's, I's, and E's. Yeah. So he was looking forward to grades. Um, yeah. So when she graduated, she was, um, she graduated and this, none of this was in place. Right. So um, when he started sixth grade, um, he immediately um, was confused with the whole grading system. Yeah. Um, and he came home and talked to my husband and I about it. Um, and this is when standards-based grading or grade for learning was implemented. He mm-hmm. felt confused and frustrated mm-hmm. um, and was really let down not having the traditional grading system because mm-hmm. he knew what an A through F stood for versus right. a 1 through 4. And the whole system is very kind of confusing as well for students and parents because there's a Skyward, there's Canvas, there are rubrics. It, hmm. There's... Quite different mm-hmm. areas you have to work through to see where your grade is, where the homework is, what you need to accomplish. What did you say those first words were? Sky? Sky word, which is Sky where the grading word. system is. Okay. Um, Kept. Yeah. Stored. Yeah. Okay. So, and then what was the second thing? Canvas. Canvas. And so that is where they look for their assignments, okay. where their homework, they're told they don't have to do homework, but yet um, the teachers will place in Canvas if they completed their homework or not. <laughs> and so... Um, so it's still being monitored. Right. So mm-hmm. from example, in Accelerated Math, which he's in, if he doesn't do his homework, he cannot take a test. Okay. So okay. there's just a real confusion about not doing homework, having to do homework, right. if you're doing it or not. These are uh, sixth graders, yeah. mind you. Yeah. yeah. Starting yeah. with sixth grade, right. Yeah. And then the Canvas, the other problem with Canvas, and sixth grade through eighth grade has been, it's not updated. So um, they will turn homework in, and it's like these kids have to keep track of what they've turned in because it will still not be updated on Canvas that they turned it in, especially if it was turned in late or an assignment was turned in late. So there's not Mm -hmm. consistency there, Mm -hmm. and the teachers agree to that, that there isn't consistency. Mm -hmm. Um, And the problem also with this whole grade for learning in the middle school was that we as parents were not asked for our input. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, it was it, it was just implemented. It was mm-hmm. rolled out. And we first found about it, out about it at sixth grade curriculum night. And mm-hmm. they showed us a video. Um, 
And it was like a five-minute video, and they said ahead of time, you know, we're going to show this just to introduce you to Grade for Learning, but we were not going to have a discussion about it tonight. <laughs> no discussion. So, so no that Q&A. was shut down. No. And when was this in August, right? Like, when you say curriculum night, is that right before school starts, or it's is that after school Typically starts? after school has started. After school starts. Yeah. Okay. So probably September mm-hmm. then, curriculum night. Oh, my goodness. We're going to introduce this, but we won't talk about right. it. Right. We're not going to talk about it. Um, and they had some problems with the video as well. So it was kind of very confusing. Um, so then the students, you know, were started in with the program of the grade for learning or the um, grading system and were confused as well as the parents. And there wasn't, like Sandy said, there wasn't a clear path. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were all told, basically, you can't get fours. So when Jonathan would come home with a four, he couldn't figure out what he had done that he achieved a four. Right. Because he hadn't oh, tried right. any harder on a particular thing. Right. Um, How- and yet... He was getting, you know, twos and threes, and he was concerned. He knew a two probably wasn't so good. Yeah. So him and some other kids would, you know, talk to the teachers about it that, you know, they were getting twos, and they yeah. would, they would be told, well, twos are still good. <sighs> and yet he himself knew that it pro- he wasn't probably achieving his highest potential that he could achieve. Right. Um, but so they wouldn't tell him what he needed to do to get a three or what he needed to do to get a four. It was just, you know, you're doing okay. Twos are fine. Twos and threes are good. You know, fours so are just no, very difficult to achieve. That sort no of thing. real standards, essentially. Right. No, Nothing right. Defined. And lowering the bar, really. Right. Three is meeting standards. You know, if you get mm. um, 30 out of 30, it's a three. It's not a four. My goodness. So you basically have to do, um, if you're in sixth grade, you have to be doing seventh grade level or you have to maybe do an extra credit thing to okay. get that for. Right. Okay, interesting. No wonder that, yeah, that is really demotivating. I yeah. can't imagine mm-hmm. for these young kids who are trying to get feed, you, you know, feedback is really mm-hmm. critical to learning. Mm-hmm. And that's true for adults as well mm-hmm. as kids, and even more so for kids. And right. What they'll tell you, though, is standards based grading allows for more feedback than the traditional grading system. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not seeing that. No, and they <laughs> also, they I'm all... in education myself, and boy, I, I've not seen that. It seems like a recipe for confusion. Right. Yeah. And they also say that it encourages risk for the students, um, that they're going to be wanting to take greater risk to achieve these threes and fours. And we haven't seen that either because uh, just they the don't. Opposite. Right. Um, it's just very demotivating mm-hmm. because it becomes almost like um, the kids kind of have a joke, well, it's hard to get a four. I can hardly get a four. And if I get a four, it doesn't seem to really matter my overall grade anyhow. So this risk-taking is just not happening as well as there's just not the communication between mm-hmm. the teachers and the, the children as well as how they're doing or what they need to do to um, right. improve. Right. You know, they can go and talk to the teacher afterwards, but they're like I said, um, many of the classes, there's not a clear path to get a four anyhow. And one of the classes is, is accelerated math, which mm-hmm. Jonathan is in. Right. Um, and so that there is... And that a, he can't get a four even by being in accelerated math. There isn't a path for that. There isn't. Um, well, basically how they kind of explain it in math, it's like if you would just take 20 plus 20 that equals 40, mm-hmm. you've met that standard. You know that 20 plus 20 equals 40. Mm-hmm. There's nothing going beyond that to get you a four. Oh, okay. So, so no math class could give you a four? Unless you're working a year ahead, then you can get a four. Well, he is an accelerated right, math. Right, he already is. Yeah. He still can't get a four then. Right. Okay, very interesting. And just related to that as well, when he was in sixth grade in accelerated math and he received a two, he was, mm-hmm. set, he was told, don't worry about it because in regular math, that would be a three, and that's good. But he said, but I'm an accelerated math. <laughs> 
Right. So what's happening is not only is it breeding confusion, yeah. but basically it's lowering the bar for those that really aren't achieving. And for those that are achieving, mm-hmm. they've got to work that much harder. They're being punished to actually prove themselves to be achievers. Right. Which is why they're calling it equity grading. For the kids who then struggle, their grades are going to look better. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the ones who are not struggling, their grades are going to look worse. Right. Mm-hmm. And you've got to work real hard to even make yeah. it look like you're not. I'm kind of curious, do they average those together? So, you know, in a math class, for instance, you have, well, wait, they don't grade the homework, but they do grade the tests. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have taken, let's see, eight tests or something over the course of a semester, and you got a two and a three and, you know, various numbers. Do they average those together for your final semester score? Or how do you get a semester score? Do they give you semester grades? <laughs> no semester grades that you know of. Well, <laughs> I'm going to go out a limb, on a limb here. And full disclosure, the Canvas and Skyward systems are so convoluted and difficult to follow. I'm going to say that most parents are disengaged from even going on there. Okay. So um, they don't even know. I don't know. So you don't even know. I don't okay. honestly really know. Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, in high school, we're going to talk about that, I mm-hmm. think, even next week. I don't even think mm-hmm. we're talking about that today. But um, there has to be a college transcript that gets sent or a high school mm-hmm. transcript that gets sent right. to colleges. And there's quite, there has to be semester grades on that transcript. Right. So I'm just curious how equity grading would lead to a semester grade. We'll get into that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of you. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I just wanted to say, I think with the disconnect and further into the confusion, it's not only just with the student, but it's with the parents as well, yeah. because the kids are so getting demotivated with this one through four system, Mm -hmm. Um, the parents are kind of just like thinking, well, by the time they get to the high school, we'll be done with this. Mm -hmm. And so there's less and less parents attending teacher-parent conferences um, because they feel like there's nothing they're really getting out of it. And really, the topic of standard-based grading or grade for learning you cannot bring that up at teacher conference anyhow. Oh, you can't. They won't even let you talk about it at con- that's, conferences. That's a topic that, other than if you say, well, how can they get a four? They'll explain that. But if you want to talk to them about how you find the system very confusing. difficult, confusing, mm-hmm. that topic is mm-hmm. um, taboo. Kind of taboo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it just doesn't go too far mm-hmm. because that's what we're working with right now. I was mm-hmm. told in sixth grade... Um, it might not be around that much longer. Who knows? You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. like you just hear different opinions mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. And you also hear at teacher-parent conference, there isn't consistency amongst the classes on how someone can get a four. So some classes, the teacher would say, well, it would be extra credit. Other mm-hmm. classes, the teachers would say, well, you'd be have to be functioning at this grade level above what you're already functioning at. Interesting. So there's just as much as this was supposed to bring everything right. all together, there's so much inconsistencies. Right. right. Yeah. And with inconsistencies and really just a hush-hush approach with a lot of teachers, this really brings us to our next point. I want to ask Sandy, mm-hmm. in after attempting to discuss your concerns with the middle school principal, um, share with us, uh, you know, just how the principal responded when you brought up standards-based grading to the teacher during yeah. teacher conferences. Well, basically, we had talked to the middle school principal a couple times um, regarding the system. And I had previous to that, I guess I should go back and say that I had also contacted a couple of school board members and I really got nowhere. Mm-hmm. So when my son entered seventh grade, you know, we were really concerned at this point. Yeah. And we sat down, we talked to him, and we really honestly didn't feel like we got our questions answered. The biggest question we have is where's the research behind this? Where is the quantitative peer-reviewed research to show that the system is working better? Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. beneficial and it's moving these kids forward. Mm -hmm. Um, 
we've never gotten that. Mm-hmm. Um, so co- or conferences were coming up, and he offered to go with us, you know, at conferences and meet with te- from mm-hmm. teacher to teacher with us, and mm-hmm. just kind of moderate the conversation. So hoping that we could get more out of the the student teacher conference. Mm-hmm. Um, so the very first teacher that we met with, I just wanted to know where the standards came from. I mean, I assume that they came from the state, but mm-hmm. I didn't know if like each district could kind of tweak them a little bit more to like what they really wanted the students to mm-hmm. know. Could they up the standard a little bit? Mm-hmm. Could they add on to the standard? You know, right. I wasn't quite sure. And I asked that question and he put his hand in front of me and said, we are not going to be talking about standards-based grading tonight. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. So you thought you were there to get more information by having him at your side and Correct. instead it was the opposite. I felt like he was guarding the conversation, guarding the not conversation. opening up the conversation yes. to yes. learn more. Yes. And that's really maybe why he went with uh, parents in the first place right. was to safeguard that's against whatever coming that's out. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's I the, did feel that way. Yes, that is yeah. the point. How, yeah. How frustrating. Yeah. I just want to tell our listeners that you are listening to Education Nation and we're talking about equity grading practices with a couple of parents from the Wyzetta School District. And we're so glad to have you here. And we're, we're getting our eyes opened to how demotivating yeah. this uh, grading system is. And once again, want to remind our listeners, too, that these two women have a heart for kids. They want them to be successful. Uh, they want the best for all kids. Absolutely. And we are just not seeing that this system is actually providing that for mm-hmm. all kids. Sure. Yeah, Thank exactly. You. you know, Michelle, at one point, you and several parents, as Sandy was alluding to, met with district superintendents, teaching and learning department, and middle school and high school principals to try to voice your concerns with what was happening uh, with standards-based grading in the middle schools, what type of response did you receive, and did you feel like you received any clarity or action from the district? Well, I think it's important, first, that we just kind of state quickly the five concerns that we went there with. We had sure. concerns that the students were feeling complacent and not motivated about mm-hmm. learning. We felt parents were feeling disconnected with their child's education progress and where to assist. And there was inconsistency in grading, leaving students and parents unclear on how their student is performing. Mm-hmm. There was little to no feedback for students following the completion of exams and lack of feedback from teachers on how a student is performing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Those are all really serious concerns. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and the, really the complaints, complacency and lack of student motivation was one of our biggest concerns. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the group that was there, which was the, the three um, middle school principals, we had the high school principal, we had um, Chase Anderson, who was the, is the school superintendent, and then we had some um, different individuals from the teacher and learning department listen to us. They all listened to our complaints or complaints, I guess you could say it, or concerns. Mm -hmm. Um, And there were five families that spoke, Mm -hmm. so members from five families, Mm -hmm. and our frustrations and our just our major concerns. Mm -hmm. Um, And as they listened to us, um, they just kind of at the end just seemed to be very surprised with our our concerns. Mm -hmm. They spoke as if this was the first time they were aware parents and students were unhappy with grade for learning rollout. And they had, they did not mention or tell our group that they had already received some complaints from parents. And this, when was this meeting again? We had this in April of 2018. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And there had been a climate survey that had been done in January 2018 that they were already aware of that there were concerns um, by parents and staff um, that there were pieces that needed working and improving on yes. this grade for learning. So they knew, so they, were, they just weren't really acknowledging right. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from that point, too, we kind of just felt a little bit um, unheard because then we started to hear from the middle school principals, and they kind of just went into what we call like this info commercial, which mm-hmm. talks about mm-hmm. what 
how they think Grain for Learning is so great. The big emphasis, again, on risk-taking for students, the great feedback students are getting from their teachers, hmm. you know, and all of this stuff that is not real-life experiences that we are living through. Right. You're not and, actually seeing that. Right. Mm-hmm. And now... Um, our kids have been in this system for three years, sixth grade through eighth grade. And none of that is taking place as they're expressing. Um, So we were just kind of confused to to what they were saying in that regard because that wasn't real life experiences for us at all. Right. And Um, you had given it a shot at this point, not that you were enjoying it, but mm -hmm. I mean, at this point, uh, you know, a year and a half had gone by by the Mm -hmm. time you had that meeting. Right. Yeah. Um, And... we were told basically that there was no further plans or we didn't feel like there was any plans that they were going to get rid of the grade for learning model. They were just going to be working on improving the existing model. Um, but we were told by Scott Gangler, who's the high school principal, that grade for learning or, or standards-based grading would not be implemented at the high school. Um, we did ask for a survey of students and parents because we knew from talking with parents in numbers that mm-hmm. parents and students were unhappy with grade for learning. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we asked for the, the school district to put out a survey regarding that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we did, also... As did an, they ever do that? It came out later, mm-hmm. and we can okay. talk about that. Yep. But mm-hmm. they didn't mm-hmm. say yes or no to okay. that, you know, mm-hmm. to us at the time. Mm-hmm. And then we also asked for grade to learning to be stopped immediately for our children going into eighth grade. So they were seventh graders then mm-hmm. right. because we wanted them to have a year with traditional right. grading to yep. be getting prepared for the high school because the rigors mm-hmm. of high school are hard enough yes. without learning a whole new grading system exactly. again. So mm-hmm. we asked for the um, school year of 2018 that the eighth grade, at least the eighth grade, if yes. not sixth through seventh and yeah. eighth, that the eighth graders could go back to traditional grading. Sure. That makes sense for transition. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I understand that you received really no action then right. after that point um, from several key district leaders, and um, you did decide then to send out a petition to garner some signatures to present to the school board to put an end to the grading for learning. And what were the specific purposes of the petition, and then how did the school board respond? And we are down, we've got about one minute left. Uh, well, basically, um, we just felt like we weren't getting any response. And we thought, well, if we sent out a petition, you know, and really prove to the school board that there's a lot of unhappy parents out there mm-hmm. that, you know, they might take it more seriously. So right. we attended uh, their August uh, school board meeting mm-hmm. and went to the open forum where we can speak, but they're not allowed to respond back to us. And um, how's that for good conversation? I know. Huh? <laughs> and it was just like, it just seemed like all summer, the exchange of email back and forth with the teaching and learning department as well we're going to have a plan to make a plan to have a plan. It just, yes. it never happened. Yes. And so lots of delaying we, action. Yeah. So we presented our petition. We also um, talked about our concerns again. Uh, the school board met with us afterwards. They basically stated that, um, you know, they heard our concerns. There is a work session coming up the following week that we could attend and they were going to be discussing all of these issues. Mm-hmm. Um, basically I went to that session and all I heard was again, a 45 minute infomercial from all the middle school principals and I knew that we were sunk when the first statement that a school board member made was that all she supported GFL, she felt that it needed a name change. Oh, no. Oh, no. So th- that's that's always the trick, isn't it? Oh, people don't like this. We better change right. the name right. rather than actually looking at what is the problem and why don't people like this? Right. And is it really good? And where is the research, like you were mm-hmm. pointing out earlier, to yep. demonstrate that this is? And where's the proof right. that it's working? Right. Well, and I think when you have... 12, 13, 14-year-old boys telling you yeah. that they're not being pushed and motivated right. at school, 
You got a problem. You better be listening to that. Yeah. That's yes. a good point. Right. Right. Yeah, that is a very good point. And I think, too, the importance is also in that short amount of time, we had 250 signatures. Yeah, of that's people. a lot. Thanks, yes. 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 Yeah. Just and from our personal email contact. Wow. Yeah. And wow. just over a week or so that parents Excellent. that were against, you yeah. know, grade for learning. Great, great. Well, we are coming to the end of our time today, but we encourage all of our listeners to come back and join us again next Saturday when we have Sandy and Michelle back to join us in studio again to discuss the most recent face-to-face meeting a group of parents had with the principal from the Wyzetta High School. And so we are looking forward to having you join us. If you would like to listen to this show or any other broadcast, please go to our podcast at ednationmn.org or Facebook, Education Nation Radio, or Twitter at EdNationMN. But the podcasts are on EdNationMN.org. And you can also uh, come to Liberty Classical Academy's Kindergarten Open House coming up on January 23rd at 9.30 in the morning. You can check the website, LibertyClassicalAcademy.org. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we look forward to having you again with us next Saturday night on Education Nation, AM 1280, The Patriot. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com